Hey, good morning. If you have your Bibles, open to Proverbs chapter 3. Proverbs chapter 3. Hey, my name's Tim, and I get the privilege of being uh, one of the pastoral candidates here at the Brook, which is a phenomenal honor. And uh, man, there are some phenomenal uh, people, family, leaders here at the Brook. Um, so thankful for each and every one of them, not to mention our own pastor, Pastor Mucci and his family. And uh, so what a great honor and privilege to be here. You know, in just a few days or maybe this past week or maybe, I don't know, with this uh, school that goes year-round or how all that works these days. You know, back in the day, it used to be awesome. You got out for the summer and you kind of had this summer vacation. But the worst part about going back to school was that first day, not about like, did you have the right clothes or did you have the cool book bag, which back in the day, we didn't have book bags. We just had these books that were wrapped in garbage bags or uh, paper Publix bags. You cut them and taped them and made book covers. People don't know nothing about that. But all that to say, those first few days, you know what? Once everything had gotten all the rules set, the teachers had gotten everything straight, they said, let's review. And you're like, oh my gosh. Like, geometry was last year, you know, what A squared equals what, you know? But seriously, if we're in a series called Growing in Wisdom, like, let's review. Like, let's review. I, I don't know if you do it. I did it this week, and it was pretty amazing. I, we have a web page, and it's pretty fly, and you can go to Spotify, and you can, like, listen to the cats that be preaching here at the brook. And, and I was listening to it and like, wow, like Pastor, Pastor Mucci is awesome. But then there's this guy named Chip and Chip got on there and he preached from Proverbs 25 and his was wisdom is loving in deed and in truth. And one of the takeaways that kind of spoke to me as I went, went back and listened to it is that Proverbs directs us to God as the ultimate source of wisdom. Ultimately, this wisdom reflects Jesus. Drop the mic, let's go home. Yeah, you're saying right now, yeah, Tim, if you'll do that, this is gonna be a good sermon. Like, let's go home right now. But, but, but here's the danger this morning. I wanted to bring it, I didn't, I'm sorry, but I wanted to bring big rolls of caution tape, and I just wanted to throw them out everywhere. I didn't want to hit anybody in the head, so we didn't do it, okay? And, and not to create caution coming to the house of God, but to create caution from the word of God. Because there's a danger this morning. If you're here and you're a new believer, there might be this season in your life where you're still trying to figure it out, like is God real or is whatever, is all this, and you're struggling, like can you trust God's word? But there's even a bigger danger maybe in the room today, and that's if you've been following Jesus for a while, because you've been there, done that. If you grew up in the church, I didn't grow up in the church, but if you grew up in the church, I mean, I've been following Jesus now for a while, so you can say, well, you've been around. But like, you've heard that, you've been there, you got the certificate, you got all that. And for some reason, we have a tendency like to move on. And God's word's not something you move on from. You keep going back and back and back. After Pastor Chip, my guy, Pastor John John, pointed us to Proverbs eleven twenty seven, And the cult of wisdom is the pursuit of what is good. Everybody say good. good. I mean, who doesn't want some good today? 
Ultimately, the pursuit of God is what he said. And then he dropped this one. He says, Proverbs will reframe the way we seek and see wisdom. We often look at wisdom as being all about acquiring an application. It's not. It's a pursuit of God. The call of wisdom is the pursuit of what is good, and that ultimately is Christ. Boom. And then, you know what happened if you were here. Well, I was sitting in the front row and I was nervous. I'm just saying. But our boy, Pastor Jonathan, got up there and he said, wisdom is not trading our relationship with God for our sexual desires. And then he said it multiple times. Nobody in the room gets off the hook. It's for everyone. Men, women, married, single, divorced. It's, it's all for us. And then he said this from God's word. God wants sexual purity from all of us because he has something for us. We get him, and the him is Jesus. Because when we engage in things that separate us from Jesus, we miss out on the prize of Jesus. Wow. Wow. And then last week, Pastor Gio, and he talked about wisdom is the fear of the Lord. And he talked from Proverbs 1, and he gave us three points. He said that when it comes to wisdom on this side of heaven, there are always two options on the table, both of which are in opposition to each other. The fear of the Lord comes in two ways, obedience of the word and with holy encounters through the spirit of the Lord. And then he said, the fear of the Lord is cultivated through discipline. Man, I'll tell you, when I was trying to ramp up and get ready and do hopefully something for Jesus here today, hopefully let Jesus do it all, going back and listening to those four messages, man, I needed to take out the caution tape because I needed to be cautious because coming under the authority of the word of God means that I need to change. Coming into this house and singing songs means I need to change. See, the danger is that we just keep coming. We just, man, Sunday morning, I'm a Christian. I go to church. Praise God. Keep coming, okay? Keep coming. Don't hear me saying, don't come. But hear me saying there should be a danger zone. When was the last time you went swimming and you saw a sign and it said what? Beware of what? What? Sharks? Alligators. Yeah. And what'd you do? Nah. Nah. See, today's message is titled, Wisdom is Trusting and Leaning on the Lord. Say it with me. Wisdom is? Wisdom. Now, see, that was kind of like we sleeping and uh, we need a little bit more cafecito. And, uh, all right, so here we go. We'll try it one more time. Wisdom is? Wisdom is. Trusting, and leaning trusting and leaning on the Lord. The Lord. No, you got to say it like me. The Lord. 
Yeah, there you go. Let's pray. Dear God, we do pray that Jesus would be seen, that Jesus would be lifted high, that Jesus would be followed and Jesus would speak and that we would trust Jesus with everything and not be afraid to let Jesus change us. In your name we pray, amen. Proverbs 3, 1 and 6 is our text today and I wanna look at that with you and I'm gonna read it And this is what, um, well, let me just read it here. Proverbs 3, 1 through 6. Notice what it says. It says, My son, do not forget my teaching, but let your heart keep my commandments. For length of your days and years of life and peace they will add to you. Let not steadfast love, faithfulness forsake you. Bind them around your neck. Write them on the tablet of your heart so you will find favor and good success in the sight of God and man. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean. Everybody say lean. Lean. On your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he will make straight your paths. So I want to do a couple of things today. The first thing I want us to do is I want us to sit in the scripture together. So when I go through this and just break it down and I want you to sit in this, I don't want us to run by it. But if you notice Proverbs 3, 1, I want to read it again because God's word will never go void. It is more powerful than anything I could say. And that's where these brothers so faithfully led in this series was they were drawing our hearts back not to them or their talents or their abilities, but to God's word. So God's word says, my son. I love the personalization there. And by the way, you could say, man, my daughter. But my son, don't forget my teaching, but let your heart keep my commandments, for they will bring you many days of full life, well-being. Never let loyalty and faithfulness leave you. Tie them around your neck. Write them on the tablet of your heart, and then you will find favor and high regard with God and people. See, I believe in Proverbs 3, 1, and 4 that what we have there is we have God gives us instructions and the blessings of following wisdom. God gives us the instructions and blessings of following wisdom. Notice what it says. It says, my son, and then what does it say? Don't forget. That's the caution tape. We have a tendency to forget. We have a tendency to leak. We have a tendency to learn things, and then we move on. You know, the most daunting thing in my life is, and I'm I'm just saying this because I heard another guy say it, and it blew me away. But if you have the opportunity to go to elementary school, where do you go next? You go to junior high. And then if you have the opportunity to go to junior high, maybe you go to high school. And at each one of those, you know, they have commencements or graduations or celebrations or whatever. But who in the world ever takes you back and makes sure you have the information it took to get to the next level? I was thinking today, I had a little panic on the way over here. I was trying to think back when I was in college. I was a physical education major. That explains a lot, okay? I can help you all with some jumping jacks. And by the way, if we were a coach, man, you know, I can see my little guys running out on the field, and I almost want to just scream at you, you know, who's got my back? You know, like that, you know, kind of a thing. But that just scared you, so I'm sorry. We'll back it up. But I was just, I had the panic attack because I, I was just thinking about, man, if I was to take the exercise fizz test today, 
and have to talk about the pectoralis major attached to the pectoralis minor and start to name all these muscles and ligaments and all that. And I was actually thinking at the school I went to, we weren't a big school, so we didn't have a human being, but we had a cat and we had to dissect the cat and you had to put pins in the cat and you had to know what each pin meant. And I was freaking out because I couldn't do it. Listen, this is not about a test. This is not about what you know or I know, but this is about the fact that we can find wisdom in God's word. We can find wisdom for all the days of our life. And the problem is not so much that we don't know the wisdom or we don't know where to get the wisdom. Maybe the challenge is, is we have a tendency to forget. We have a tendency to forget. And I love what it says there. It says, don't forget. Everybody say, I don't want to forget. Man, we're quick to forget about Jesus saving us. We're, forget, we're quick to forget about grace. We're for, quick to forget about forgiveness. We're quick to forget about the great love of God. And the world just sucks that out of us. And then it says, don't let your, but let your heart keep my commandments. And I love the heart. I love about the things about the heart. I'm gonna move quickly, I'm sorry. We're, man, there's so much we could have drilled down on. For they will bring you many days of full life and well-being. If you're an underliner, man, I'd encourage you to underline that. A full life. That doesn't say that my life's going to be perfect. That doesn't say my life's going to be rich. It doesn't say that everybody's going to like me. It doesn't say I'm going to have the best car. It doesn't say I'm going to have the best clothes. It doesn't say I'm going to have the best house. But it does say that I'll have a full life. And better is one day in his courts. Better is one day in his house than thousands elsewhere see don't sleep on the wisdom of the proverbs god's word i want to challenge everyone this morning to wrap your heart and mind in that caution tape i mentioned earlier this morning there's a big danger i mentioned that there's the danger if you're not a follower of jesus you're like i don't know if i can believe this and then there's honestly the danger if you've been following jesus for many years you can say hey i've heard that i've been there and then the, here's what happens. There's a guy by the year, long time ago wrote, wrote a song called Asleep in the Light. And the lyric of the song said, how can we be so well fed and we can't get out of bed? Jesus rose from the grave, yet we can't get out of bed because we're asleep. We're asleep. One of the great preachers of yesterday, a guy by the name of Dr. Adrian Rogers said, Wisdom is the ability to see life from God's point of view. See, I love what John John said because John John kind of laid it down in this way that if we're not careful, Proverbs becomes like a master's class. If you go there, you get something, and then you become smarter. And we're making God like a transactional God. Like, I'm going to give God something, and he's going to give me something. The fact is, we have nothing to give to God. And least of all me... But God in his great love demonstrates his love towards me that when I was a sinner, Christ died for me. God was a transactional God, but we don't treat him as a transaction. God's always stepping into the gap. So I want to look at Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, and this is where I'll spend the remainder of our time sitting in the text. I love what it says there. It says, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Everybody say trust. trust. And it says, do not lean. Everybody say lean. lean. On your own understanding and on all your ways, acknowledge him and he will make straight your paths. 
I love Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 because it, I believe it ignites our hearts to trust and lean on the Lord. Everybody say that with me. It ignites our hearts to trust and lean on the Lord's wisdom. Now, there's a couple of things that happened right there, and I don't know if you caught it, but when the proverb writer is writing here, all of a sudden in verse 5, he uh, takes this and he makes a little shift, and it's an important shift. But if you notice, if you focus on verse 5, you notice the proverb is not talking about a generic God. And it's not even talking about God. He makes an incredible shift to the word Lord. And this is big. The Lord is wisdom. The proper writing is helping the hearers to understand that wisdom comes from following the Lord. Because if you're not careful, this series could make you think like, okay, so um, following Jesus means that when I need wisdom, I take out my ATM card and I go to the ATM machine, I put it in, I hope I got something in there so I can get something out. You know, back in the day, can you believe it, ATMs used to actually give $5 bills. When I was in college, I'd go there and i just hope there'd be a $5 bill in the ATM machine. Because if you didn't have your checking account back in the day, it actually didn't come out. And so, but that's not what wisdom is. As a matter of fact, I think the danger of all this for you and I is that we think, oh, here's another thing to learn, to master, and to move on instead of understanding that wisdom comes from the relationship, constant, flowing. Now listen, do you struggle? Absolutely. Do you fall sometimes? Absolutely. Is God a God of grace and mercy? Yes, absolutely. But man, what can separate us? Only us, not God. God's not moving. That's why the hymn writer put it this way, prone to wander, prone to leave the God I love. Take my heart, Lord, take and seal it, seal it for your thrones above. I love this because it says, the Lord, the Lord is worthy of glory. The Lord is worthy of worship. The Lord is worthy of trusting. As a matter of fact, this Bible tells us from Genesis all the way to Revelations, the Lord is trustworthy. Now listen, I know I'm talking to a group of people from, man, we are a people from all people, many different cultures, many different backgrounds, many different experiences, and I know trust is hard. And I know sometimes we've actually put our trust in things that have hurt us. And sometimes there have been people that have weaponized trust. But here's the deal, that's not God. And by the way, that's not the Lord. The Lord is trustworthy. The Proverbs are showing us that the Lord is trustworthy. There's 31 of them, 31 Proverbs. And by the way, you don't have to go to Proverbs to get wisdom. <laughs> you can start in Genesis 1 and you can end up in Revelation and you can get some wisdom all the way along. The Proverbs are showing us that the Lord is trustworthy and wisdom comes from trusting and leaning on the Lord. I love what Jeremiah 29.3 says. It says, thus says the Lord, let not the wise man boast of his wisdom. Let not the mighty man boast in his might. 
Let not the rich man boast in his riches, but let him who boasts boast in this, that he understands and knows me. Not knows the proverb, not knows some little song or all that. Nothing wrong with all that stuff. That's actually how, as a new believer, man, my theology started to grow. Pam and I started having these little kids, and man, we had this little tape recorder thing, and we started playing those little tapes, and this little light of mine, and all those songs. I started learning theology. I started learning, you know, our God's big, and all this stuff. But let him boast, let him who boasts, boast in this, that he understands and knows me, and that I am the Lord who practices steadfast love, justice, righteousness in the earth. For these things I delight and declares the Lord. You can trust the Lord. The Lord is trustworthy. You may, you, you may not trust me and you may not want to trust me, and that's okay, but tr you can trust the Lord. So this is where, we sh where I want to shift. We've kind of sat in the scripture a little bit, and we could kind of keep sitting there. As a matter of fact, if we went on to six, I love... What it says, not only does it say, trust in the Lord with all your heart, and then it says, lean not on your understanding. Some translations say rely. That's a pretty good word there, rely. And then it says, for if we don't trust in ourselves, but trust in the Lord, it says he'll make our paths straight. Man, there's a lot in that. But this is why what I want to do now as we shift. Is I want, can I ask us, or more specifically you, Two questions this morning. So here's question number one. Who or what are you trusting in? Because see, we can get all riled up. We could have a pep rally today. We could, you know, and by the way, the worship was on fire this morning. And that's awesome. But at the end of the day, when we walk out the room, in a little while and we get in our cars or we do this or show up at work or looking for a job or wherever we're at in life, who or what are we trusting in? Because this is hugely important and significant because see, yeah, and I'm not trying to split hairs here, but I'm trying to help us understand if Jesus Christ is our Lord, Master, and Savior, then he's Lord of all or he's Lord of nothing. Because sometimes there's a little schizophrenia. I mean, you do it, I do it, I love the IG. I'm kind of rolling and rolling and rolling and rolling, and I see this guy, and I'm like, boy, that boy tripping. And I'll get there in a minute. And then i got to back myself up, because I'm like, am I judging? And then, it's, and then it's not even really about that person, it's about me. Is he my Lord? Am I following him? Am I leaning into him? See, man, when I hear that, when I think about who or what are you trusting in, man, I hear Proverbs 5, trust in the Lord, and I hear Psalm 23, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures, he leads me beside still waters, he restores my soul, he leads me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Man, that's what it, I think, looks like to trust the Lord. To trust the Lord to follow the Lord. See, it's incredible. That's a great Psalm 23. Psalm 23, we love it. People want to listen to it. They want to get it. But here's the deal. Honestly, most people, that the shepherd's not their Lord. They got other things shepherding their hearts. 
And honestly, that's a lack of wisdom. So here's the second question. And this is what got me this week, and it's really still messing me up a little bit. So I'll let you listen to the question, and I'll ask it to myself. Take a little pressure off, okay? Is what are you leaning on? What are you leaning on? See, because I thought about it this week. Growing up as a kid here in South Florida, uh, and I don't know that when it came in, so I don't have no circa whatever, but I remember at some point in life, this expression did come along. You tripping. You tripping. Somebody say something, you say that you tripping. Somebody do something, you look at them, and you say you tripping. And so I wanted to check myself, and I tried to go online, and I was like, so what's it mean to be tripping? And listen to this. There again, I'm just saying I found it online, Urban Dictionary. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Quoting my sources, no plagiarism here. Uh, Urban Dictionary. But listen to their definition. It's awesome. It says when a person is stuck in a situation or says something stupid. And by the way, we're not allowed to say that in my house. (laughs) When our kids were little, that was a bad word, stupid. Because we never wanted to degrade anybody or put somebody down. But man, that is when somebody's tripping. And here's, like I said, you, you just listened to the question. I'm just talking to myself because that's when it messed me up. Is how stupid is it for Tim to lean on things that are not of the Lord or don't belong to the Lord? Why, why would God pray such a great salvation for my life? And set me free that in my freedom I'd go and start tripping. So I try to be a little cool. Try to have a little street cred with y'all. And I started thinking from now on, what if we all started going around instead of saying, you tripping? We need to start saying, you leaning. (laughs) You leaning. And I know when we're driving, you know, it's okay to lean, you know. (laughs) Give that to Moochie when he comes back. <laughs> so I don't know what white chocolate was trying to do, but it's, but, but it's all good. It's funny. like, But we don't say nothing about when somebody's leaning. We don't check ourselves in the mirror and notice we're leaning. I had some big surgeries over the last year, and, and I've been working on trying to get ready for the Miami Dolphins. They're not going to let me come back, but I was on the pup list for a while. But the interesting thing is I've been working out. My wife will be walking behind me, and she'll come and say, you leaning. You need, to, you need to get up. You know, you need to get right. You need to extend. You need to flex. You need to, you're leaning. And then one day, she had the nerve to do this. Sister girl shot some video from behind and sent it to me. <laughs> Said, you leaning. Why in the world are we not in love and encouragement and by the power of the Holy Spirit and by the power of the word, if we're really seeking after wisdom, why? Uh, I'm not saying you're the leaning police, but why don't we look in the mirror and say, we leaning? We trusted on things that are not of the Lord. We're trusting on stuff. Or we try to get a little Jesus on Sunday and then we go lean during the week. I'm not calling out anybody. I'm talking to me. We leaning. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Listen, when you're leaning, he ain't making your path straight because your path is crooked. As a matter of fact, when we lean in, you know what? God ends up being a lifeguard. 
Help me, God. We're just like Peter. God says, come out of the boat. Everything's going good. And then the storm got a little cray-cray, and Peter started sinking, and Jesus pulls him up. And by the way, take that straight thing. We don't have time to talk about that, but it's really awesome because that doesn't mean that we're not going to go like this, but it does mean that we don't have to go like this, like the children of Israel. And also that makes straight. There's a little bit in there about covenant. God takes Abraham. He says, hey, follow me. He starts a journey. God finally seals the journey. And what's he do? He splits the animals in half. He puts one on each side. And then he says, this is how you follow me. As a matter of fact, it'd be, it'd, be rude, it'd be elementary, and we're not all the same, and I don't want us all to be the same on the outside. I want us to all be all the same on the inside, and our cordials, you know, our heart. But you know what the great song is? Follow the leader. Man, follow Jesus and stop leaning. See, we stop trusting and we start leaning. There's a danger because what happens is we start making comparisons. We start measuring the other guy like he got better shoes or she got this or all this or, or we're, we create a religious culture. Well, you don't know back in the day this is how they do church or this is how they do that. And then the worst thing that happens is pride gets in there. Like, well, don't, who, who are you to say that I'm leaning? Like you're being a little self-righteous or self-judgmental. No, maybe it's just a brother or sister that deeply cares about you. And by the way, if, if there is a little thing, you know what? Get together, pray it out. See, there's a danger over time that we do not need to trust the Lord and we can start to trust ourselves. There's that place in your life when you're following Jesus, when Jesus rescued you out of the pits of hell and put you on the rock. And you said, I have decided to follow Jesus. No turning back. No turning back. But there's something about time and pride and ego that over time you're thankful for the deliverance, but this is what we say. I'm okay. I got this. We, we teach our little children that. If you have little children, there's a rhythm and a call and a recall that goes as you're running out the door. Somebody will say to one of them, hey, did you grab one of the kids and put their shoes on? We're about to leave. Can you put their shoes on? I'll put the shoes on the other one. Or are they dressed? And then there becomes this sad moment where, where you're not putting little kids' shoes on anymore. And this is what they say. I'm okay, I got this. There becomes this little season where it's really sad, but like, you, you don't dress them anymore. They go into their closet. Even the first few times they come out of the closet and you're like, boy, what you doing? You're like mixing brands, you can't do that, you know? That's a tiger, it goes with the, not with the giraffe, you know? Remember animals? you know, help you match your clothes, you know? But the sad thing is, is that's not what little, just for little kids. By the way, I don't, I don't want to run around and put my little children's shoes on anymore, and they're not little children, they're big young adults. But do we need to let the Holy Spirit check us today? Because have we been saying, 
I'm okay. I can do it. James says this, if anyone lacks wisdom, you should ask God who gives generously to all without finding fault and it will be given to you. Listen, there's nothing wrong with being a go-getter. There's nothing wrong with being driven. There's nothing wrong with having a, a mamba mentality. But there is something wrong when you lean in. And there's something wrong when you and I are leaning and then we're acting like we're trusting. Because those two do not go together. They are not the same thing. 1 Corinthians 1.25 says this, for the foolishness of God is wiser than men. Wow, that's, that's harsh. The foolishness of God, like God's got some foolie in him? No, he don't. He's not foolish. He's wiser than men. And the weakness of God is stronger than men. So if God is wiser and stronger, why are we leaning? Why? Listen to Romans eleven thirty three. 33. It says, Oh, the depths of the riches and wisdom and knowledge of God. How unsearchable are his judgments and how inscrutable his ways. For who has known the mind of the Lord or who has been his counselor? Wow. You know what that just said? That says, whoever taught God how to be wise. Nobody had to teach him how to be wise. He's wise. He's all things. He is the Lord. So let me give you two things, and then I want to make um, an appeal. Could God be encouraging us today to do something very practical? Now, when you throw that out this day, it almost seems like some of us in the room kind of bristle up and go, oh, he's just telling me if I do this, then I'm going to do something. And you said earlier, don't be transactional and all that. Listen, I got that. I got that. I got that. But here's the thing. At some point, if you want to get fit, you have to tie up your shoes and go outside and walk around the block. There's nothing glamorous about it. If you want to be fit, at some point, you've got to lay on your back and do some crunches or some sit-ups or do some push-ups. You just have to. It takes reps. So what I would offer to you today is read a proverb every day. See, I, 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 I mean, when I listen to these men of God share with us these last few weeks on the Spotify or on the webpage, it was on the webpage because I don't have Spotify, um, I was like, man, this is good. Like, I, I don't, I don't want to just, I mean, I want Pastor Mucci to come back. I want him to, like, preach. I want a church to go. I want us to get on this own campaign. I want us to go, 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 dolly, dolly, dolly. Like, let's do it. But at the same time, let's not run past. Like, we didn't just check the proverb box and we are out. Like, what about a proverb every day? And not legalistically, man, if you just read one verse, read one word, underline one word, circle one word, whatever. I, I'm not God. I'm not the Lord. But I want to dwell there. And could it be that God's encouraging us to do that? 31 Proverbs. So what is it? Once a quarter, you're going to get all 31 days in. You know, some days you have to, you know, at the end, do an extra. You'll get a bonus. Proverb every day. So here are my reflections. This is what the Lord, I believe, wants us to maybe leave the room with today. 
I love this proverb, 3, 5, and 6, because I believe it shows how wisdom is passed to the next generation. I don't know if you've been hearing our pastor, but our pastor has a heart for us, but he has a heart for the next generation. And I believe this proverb wasn't written one time to a son or to a daughter. I think it's written to us today and it's written to us to pass on to our sons and daughters. And by the way, if you're in the room, we're the family of God, so it's not even a matter of whose son or whose daughter do you belong to. Man, we're all family up in the here. But the second thing is Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 sounds a lot like the Brooks' own campaign. Listen to this. Our concentrated effort to take ownership for good in our generation and for the ones to come. In doing so, we endeavor to collect 100,000 stories of God's faithfulness and work and cultivate generosity that fuels more good. I'm gonna tell you how that's gonna happen. We gotta stop leaning and we gotta trust. We gotta stop leaning and we gotta trust. I love Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 because I believe it's all about reps. It's all about reps. Every day you gotta do a rep. Not out of, not out of guilt, not out of checking boxes, not anything. Just because you love it. Just because you love it. Like you love the Lord. And you're not showing up, you're not measuring, you're not showing a chart, you're not showing a growth chart, you're not showing your midterm, you're not showing your progress report, you're just pressing into the heart of God. And then I love Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 because it's all about discipline. And I think that is the one thing that we've kind of kept behind the curtain is I believe it takes discipline to follow the Lord. It does. It does. But here's the one thing I know, is that God wants you to run. Our oldest son is uh, um, just turned 29. He lives in L.A. I don't get to see him a lot, but I, uh, I talk to him on the phone a lot. He's, it's a neat space. He calls me up, and he, he, he's like, he wants wisdom. And I'm so proud of him. He's getting married next month. I'm going to L.A. It's going to be a blast. I'm officiating the wedding. Got to do all of his premarital counseling through Zoom. So we talked, Jonathan, Pastor Jonathan, about that whole proverb stuff. 29-year-old man and uh, your son. And uh, took me back to when we talked about it when he was 10. And I remember... We were living in Texas, and I was trying to fight this fitness game, you know, trying to stay fit. And so I'd get up early in the morning, I'd go run. It's not very glamorous. It wasn't glamorous then. And, uh, and one morning, that little joker, he was about, I don't know, five or six, and he was at the door, and he had his shoes on. And he said, I want to run with you today, Daddy. And I looked at him, and I said, boy, you got to be crazy. I'm a world-class athlete. You can't keep up with me. And it dawned on me, just as God does all the time, God said, let that boy run with you. He says, if he needs to slow down, you slow down. If he needs to take a break, you take a break. And by the way, when he runs with you today, you encourage him and you cheer him on and you say, he's the best runner. So that day we went out and ran. We no sooner got to the door, that boy was about a half a block ahead of me. He, I couldn't catch him. I was just praying that a car wasn't going to nail him. 
And then he, he stopped and he, he walked for about a half a block and then we ran about two cars and then we walked and we ran and then we walked a lot. And he wanted to hold my hand. And for a moment I was like, boy, you don't be holding hands when you're running. <laughs> it takes discipline. But I want you all to know that God wants to run with you. And if you got to stop, he'll stop. And if you need somebody to cheer for you, he's cheering for you. And if you need somebody to hold your hand, he'll hold it. But see, all this wisdom today would be for naught if we didn't lay this out. If you're here in the room and you haven't put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ, today's the day. It's not about you coming to church. Thank you for coming to church. Yes, we celebrate that. It's not about your religion. It's not about your denominational tag. It's not about your, your auntie or your granny or whoever. It's all about you and your heart. And you talk about being wise is letting God bring revelation into your life that you cannot save yourself. But the good news is, is that God demonstrates his great love towards us and that while we were sinners, Christ died for us and he paid the price for anything that anybody could have possibly done in this room that would separate you from God. And God doesn't ask you to become religious. He doesn't ask you to get a t-shirt. God doesn't ask you to sign a card. God asks you to trust in him. As a matter of fact, that Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, that trust is almost like we're transferring trust from ourselves to God. We're trusting in him to save us and not ourselves. We're putting our faith in him and we're saying, Jesus, I surrender all and I make you my Lord, Master, and Savior. And because of your great love for me, demonstrated on the cross, not only in the life, the death, the burial, but hallelujah, the resurrection, that if God is big enough and strong enough and great enough and fulfilled every I and crossed every T from Genesis to Revelation, he is mighty to save. But here's the deal. You are going to be a fool if you hear this and walk out that room without putting your faith and trust in Jesus. Because please hear me clearly, it's not about what's said, it's not about what is known, it's about who is the center of your life. And that is the core of wisdom, not gained, but realized in our hearts by a personal relationship with Jesus. So if you're here today, man, I would pray that the Holy Spirit, the power of God's word, would change you and lead you to a place where you would surrender and say, I want Jesus. And that's all you need to say. I want Jesus. I, I, forgive me of my past, and I trust you with my future, because I'm done leaning. But here's the deal. If you're a Christian today, maybe it's time Maybe it's a season. Maybe it's a period where you've been leaning and you need to stop leaning and you need to run home to trusting.
Let's pray. Dear God, thank you so much for Jesus. Thank you for your word. Thank you for this church. And thank you for salvation. God, help us uh, to love you with all of our heart, soul, strength, and mind. And God, today we pray for anybody that's here in the room that needs to put their faith and trust in Jesus, that they would confess that they're a sinner, they would ask Christ to come and live and reign and rule in their heart as their Lord, Master, and Savior. And then, God, you will do exceedingly abundantly more than we could ask or pray today. And, God, we pray for our brothers and sisters, all of us, me, in the room, that there's been a, a day, a week, a season where we've been leaning. And, God, we don't want to lean. We want to trust. So, God, would you take our hand and would you straighten us up and bring us into that place where we are not leaning, but we are trusting. And we pray all this in the amazing, beautiful, powerful, and greatest name ever, the name of Jesus. Amen.